So anyway, coincidentally, not a coincidence because, you know, God, um, we're going to be talking about living with purpose. And this week, we're going to be talking about growing your faith, which it parallels directly with what Eden has been doing and what her testimony has been. Everything that she just told you is real life examples of what I'm going to be saying. Okay? So it's the process of taking what we know and taking what we have been learning and making it real. And there's so many different ways that each and every one of you can do that. So be thinking as I'm teaching and talking, what is God's way for you? Because it's going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than the person sitting next to you. It's going to be different than Eden's. But think about what God has for you in each and every step. So we're going to be looking in Matthew 14, 13 to 23. So if someone can pull that up and read that for me, go ahead. So Matthew 14, 13 to 23. Um, so like we have been doing the series, it's living with purpose. And in, in order to live with purpose, because life just kind of seems pointless without a purpose, we must be constantly growing your faith. So from the time you're like four years old, you're hearing the gospel message for the first time, till you're 14, till you're 44, it's going to be some of the same things, but it's going to look different. So who has Matthew 14, 13 to 23? Lauren, come here. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples, who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Thank you. So, just, have we heard this story before? Uh-huh. How many times? A lot of times. 50. So you should be very familiar with the breakdown of the story. There's a lot of different things that you can look at. That's the really cool thing about the Bible is you can read it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, and you're going to look and learn something different. Okay? So a few things. So we're talking about growing in faith and living with purpose. So Jesus has been teaching, and he's been around people in the villages and in the towns for a long time, okay? Because Jesus was a popular guy. Whether people liked him or didn't like him, they were constantly around him. 
Now, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, having people, huge crowds of people constantly around you, yelling at you, talking to you, you, you gotta step back, okay? You gotta take a step back sometimes. So, Jesus was going somewhere, not in the middle of town, and everyone were like, okay, Jesus is going, you know, down by the water, out of the middle of town, let's go with him. It's kind of like if any of you have siblings and you like want some peace and quiet and you're like gonna go to the store or gonna go get food or you're gonna go to a different room and your siblings are like, oh, can I come? And you're like, well, actually I was trying to get away from you, but you know, so it's that, that kind of thing. So Jesus is kind of by himself with his disciples and everyone else comes with him. And what does it say in verse 14? It says, he had compassion on them. Okay, he wasn't irritated that they followed him. He wasn't exhausted because he had just been with them all day long. But he had compassion on them. And what did he do? He healed the sick and he prayed with them. So that's just one note for growing in our faith, is to have compassion even if it's a little bit annoying sometimes. So as we continue on through the story, um, they were in a remote place, and it was getting late, okay? How many of you been, you know, out and about, and yeah, you've been out, okay, yeah. And it's starting to get late, and you haven't had anything to eat all day. Mm, that's not good. You don't want a huge crowd of people. Think about on, like, a missions trip or, like, on a school trip, sports team, and everyone starts to get hangry at the same time. That's not fun. So they're not even, it's not like they can just door dash food to them. Okay? Oh my gosh, right? Because it was back in Bible. DoorDash didn't exist then. Right? So they're, they're by themselves in a remote place with a bunch of people that are getting hungry. This situation is not looking good. Because when people get hungry, they don't, they're not nice. Okay? At least I'm not. So the disciples are like, all right, look, Jesus, like, just send the people away. Tell them to go away because we can't provide for them. What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? No, feed them. Who feed them? What did, what did Jesus say to his disciples? You feed them. You are right. So there's a problem. All these people are in need of food. They're with Jesus. And they're like, all right, Jesus, send them away. And what, Jesus says what? You. You do it. It's the same thing in our lives. We see problems. And we think of easy examples and easy ways to solve the problems. Right? Because we're logical. We're like, the logical thing would be to send these people away so they can go get dinner by themselves, right? That's logical. God isn't always logical. Jesus says, you feed them. What did the disciples have? Five loaves of bread and two fish. For how many people? A lot of people. All right, I'm not good at math. I know Danielle struggles in math too a little bit. Is it, is it? Five loaves of bread and two fish for a lot of people? Is the math mathing? The math's not mathing. And God, and Jesus told the disciples, you feed them. Okay, if you were a disciple, what would you be doing? Um, you'd be like, okay. So Jesus, listen, listen to this. Jesus gave the disciples the responsibility to feed them. And then did Jesus just walk away and leave them to stress about it? What did Jesus do? He made it possible for the disciples to serve. Right? 
So whether you think you have the ability to serve God or not, all you have to be is willing. You have to be willing to let God use you and he will provide the power and the strength for you to go out and do what he has told you to do. So as we continue on to the story, after this huge eventful day, what does he do? After the, Jesus then took care of everybody, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And he was alone. Okay? He took care of everyone. He provided a miracle. But then what did he do? He took time to be with his father. Because even Jesus, who was the son of God, if you weren't aware of that, saw the importance of taking time to be by himself. Now, you can see where I'm going. The importance of grow growing our faith is we need to take time and be alone. If you're anything like me, that sounds like torture. I am a people person. I don't like to be alone. And if I am alone, I need to be doing something like watching TV or reading a book or listening to music constantly or texting someone or talking to them, which isn't necessarily being alone and talking to God, is it? No. But if I'm being completely honest with you, I have been terrible at what I'm teaching you for the past couple of months. I have been living my life full of all the distractions because I don't, want to, I don't want my brain to be quiet. I don't want to be alone with my thoughts and my feelings, trying to communicate them to God. And I'm, I'm your leader. I'm the one teaching this lesson to you. So if you're sitting there being like, I've heard this before, okay, but are you doing it? And if you are doing it, you got to keep doing it because there might be a time in your life when you forget or when you fall away from it. So no matter how long you've been a Christian or no matter how many times you've heard these stories, you're going to need to take it deeper. And it's going to be different for each and every one of you. So a few things that we're going to look at is Jesus still put the needs of others before himself. No matter what, he was just taking care of people all day long. And they followed him. And he didn't get angry and yell at them. He took care of them. But then he took time for himself. Because if he didn't do that, he, Jesus, the Son of God, needed to re-energize himself. And if he needed to, that might be why you're feeling so exhausted is because you've been neglecting that. So four points just to self-evaluate yourself. Yes, this is what. But anyway, for one, you need to set aside your ego. I don't know. Some of you are like, I don't have an ego. But anyway, you need to be humble. All right? Because just like the disciples, we cannot do what God is calling us to do without him. All right? We need him no matter what you're going through, no matter how strong of a Christian you are, no matter how strong of a person you are, you need him. So you need to lay aside your pride and you need to realize that you need God in every situation. You need his wisdom, you need his love, you need his strength to get through this life. Whether you believe it or not, that's the truth. In Proverbs 11:2, it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But the humble is wisdom. And Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride leads to destruction and arrogance to downfall. 
So the first thing that we need to do is realize that we can't do it on our own. We need God. And then the second thing is we need to get rid of the distractions, which I was just saying is been a struggle for me. So one thing to keep in mind, if, if Satan can't get us to sin directly, he's going to distract us from growing closer to God. And that's kind of annoying because it's not like you're not sinning directly, but are you growing closer to God in whatever you're doing? Are you taking time to focus on him? Or is your brain constantly going with what's next, what you're stressing with, what games you're going to play, what movies are coming out, what you have to do in school? Those things might not necessarily be be bad, but if they're taking our attention and our focus away from God, that's not good. Then our faith is not growing closer to God. In Psalms 119.15, it says, I study your instructions. I examine your teachings. Yeah, we can live our life and go to school and have friends and have other things in our life, but if we don't take time for God to focus on him and what he has taught us, we're going to lose sight of who he is and who we are. In Proverbs 4, 25 to 27, it says, Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze ahead. Carefully consider the path of your feet. And all the way, and your ways will be established. Don't turn from the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. So, even if you're not intentionally sinning or you're not intentionally going away from God, if you're not focusing on Him every day, you're gonna get distracted and you're gonna fall off the path. How, how many of you have drive? We're all in high school, so drive. If you're not driving, you're gonna be in driver's ed. Okay, how many of you have driven with a parent or a sibling? You've been in a car, a bus, Josh, you walk everywhere? I know you don't walk your cello to church. Okay, right? So you're driving, right? You're driving down the road? Whether you're driving or someone else is driving you, what, what is something that you should do? You, keep, you, know, you don't want to hang your head out the window. Even if you need your hair to blow dry, it's not a good idea. Trust me. Um... Okay, okay. Now, if you have ADHD, you might struggle. Listen, you might struggle at keeping your eyes on the road. Because guess what? There's a cute dog. There's a cute dog that just walked by, and I want to look at the dog. Is the dog a bad thing to look at? He's so cute. But if I'm looking at the dog, and I'm not going to see the car coming towards me, or the tree, or the ditch, you know, what's going to happen? Oops. Oops. Oh, no. But think about it. What in your life is distracting you, even if it's not bad? Guess what? I can, my roommate has a dog. I can just wait till I get home and I can pet her cute dog because it's adorable. I don't have to crash my car looking at a golden retriever that just walked by. Okay? At, at that time, I need to focus on where I am going. Well, yeah, I know, I, I know, I know. The one time I'm going to get in an accident, which hasn't happened yet, it will because there's a cute squirrel. Anyway, that's not the point of the lesson, except for keep your eyes on the road, spiritually and literally. Okay, so the third thing that we need to do is we need to spend time in prayer. Because if we're setting aside our ego and we're putting our pride down and we're getting rid of distractions, we need to still feel fill ourselves with God. We need to talk to him. 
And part of the point of setting aside the distractions, all right, we, I don't like it to be quiet because, like, you know, mentally quiet, no. I don't like that at all, at all. Um, but if I'm just trying to not listen to music, not watch something, not have the TV on while I'm journaling or something, if it's just silent, it gets scary. I don't like it. But if I just stop there, it's not going to be beneficial for me. I need to take those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions, and pray. I need to talk to God about what's going on and just take time to meditate on him, which isn't easy, but I need to talk to him because that helps our faith grow closer to him. We know this. We know this. But we fall astray all the time. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 to 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Like what Eden was talking about, they, like on missions trips in church, the program Eden did, it's scheduled time for you guys to have devotions, to have quiet time, to pray, to worship. But there's going to come a point in your life when no one's going to schedule that for you. It's going to be, it's going to have to be your choice. You are going to have to have the discipline to do it. And if you're anything like me, I don't want to do something unless I know the reason why. And the reason why we need to grow in our faith is to live with a life that has more purpose. It all connects. The fourth thing that we need to focus on is having a heart like God's. Because when our heart is focusing on him and going with him, it's going to make everything else slightly easier. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Going back to the story, Jesus saw the people in need. And what did he have? He had compassion on them. He cared about them. And he was able to help them, right? So we avoid being alone. We avoid silence. We avoid a lot of things. But we need to set aside time to focus on God. Because when we focus on him, our life will be more full. We need to serve. We need to put others before ourselves. But while we're doing that, it is so important to set aside time for us to be close with God, for us pray for us to have that one-on-one time with God because if we don't do that you're going to be exhausted you're going to be burnt out no matter how good of a Christian you are you need to focus on him so there's a few things that I want us to think about after hearing this just personally in your life um I want you to talk to the person next to you groups of two three Okay, so you can, you can, you know, mess your chairs around. The first thing is, what are some ways you recharge spiritually when you, fear, when you feel exhausted and burnt out? Okay, yeah, everyone else talks, so Trevor's not the only one talking. So what do you do, what are some ways you recharge spiritually when you feel burnt out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see someone that isn't talking, I'm giving you permission to annoy them and talk to them anyway. 
about it. What are some ways you spiritually recharge when you feel exhausted? Okay, keep going, keep going. <laughs> All right, if anyone has a fantastic idea, I want you to share with everyone. Yeah, Ella. All right, everyone, listen. What is what is your way? How do you recharge spiritually, or what do you think? Read Psalms. Yeah, that's a good one, especially with processing emotions, because if you've ever read the Psalms, they're not always just happy. Some of the, the writers, they're, they're deep. Trevor, I saw your hand. What was a good way? Uh-huh. Good, and that... And why, how does that recharge you? Yeah. It, it kind of takes you back. Yeah. That's, that's good. Steven? Shh, listen, listen. Mm-hmm. You're a lot like me. You're a lot like me. So yeah, you talk to God, not like uh, like you talk to him like a friend. Yeah. You go on a run. Yeah, yeah, that helps. All right. So the ne- Lauren, the Bible plan thing on the app. All right. Here's a here's a question. Those were all absolutely amazing, but we're talking about real life, right? Real life is hard. What if you don't feel like doing that? What if you can't even do that? Then what are you gonna do? That Eden, that was a confident hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, that's one of the times where you need to, you gotta talk to God. You gotta just be like, God, I can't do this. And maybe reach out to a friend that you trust mentor, parent, someone, because there are times when you're not going to be able to pray for yourself, believe it or not. I hope you haven't experienced that yet, but you might. And that's when you're going to need the community to pray for you and to support you when you can't do that yourself. Um, here's, here's one more thing just to think about, because this is a tough question. And you can be as honest as you want to, but 
I want you to think honestly in your own mind as well as talking about it. What distractions tend to keep you from spending time with God? I don't like this question because I feel called out because I have a lot. You can just talk to it with a person next to you. Honestly, what are some things? What are distractions that keep you from spending time with God? so I want you to keep in mind that I'm sure you've shared some things okay maybe like your phone your car a friend yeah so there's there's multiple different things that can keep our attention from God what are you going to do about it that's the real question what are you going to do about the distractions are you going to just be like, okay, I'm going to do better this week. I'm going to spend less time on my phone. How far does that usually get us? Not super far. Sometimes we gotta we gotta write it down. Some gotta write it down. You gotta tell someone else, which is really annoying. Like I could be like, Lauren, I have been spending way too much time on my phone this week. I might have her set it up for the screen time and put in a password that only she knows that limits the screen time on my phone. That's a lot. That's a lot. Or she can just text me each day and be like, how are you doing? All right? But that takes being vulnerable. We don't usually like being vulnerable, right? But if we just keep it to ourselves, we're not going to grow closer to God. And we're not going to feel like our life has a lot of purpose. It's hard. It might be hard at first, but it's going to get better. Instead of if you just keep it to yourself, it might be easy at first because you're the only one that knows what you're struggling with. But it's going to get harder. Okay? So the only way that you're going to come out of it is if you trust in God and that you trust that he is there for you and that he has the power to help you and to help you focus on him. And if you keep your eyes on him, you will be okay and you will live a life full of purpose. All right, I'm going to pray for us as we go throughout our week. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us all here um, today on this Mother's Day. Just, I pray that you will bless all of these people here and that you will just soften their hearts and that they will desire you and that they will want to know you even more, God. I pray that they will be aware of your love and who you are and how you can use all of them. In your name, amen.